0: Hello and welcome to Al Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. Our goal at Al Pellets is to help agriculture teachers like you find research-based solutions to the problems you face every day in the middle and high school classroom, and as you advise your FFA chapters. Here you will find practical tips for your agriculture classroom and interesting information to incorporate into your teaching we invite the best agricultural education faculty and researchers from around the country to come and talk with us and share what they have learned. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from North Carolina State University, and me, Brian Myers from the University of Florida. For more information on Owl Pellets, please be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and visit our webpage at owlpelletsfrag.wordpress.com. Hello, Al Owl Pellets. This is Brian and Marshall here by the Al Pellet. Uh, we are excited to have with us today Amanda Bowling from The Ohio State University. Go Buckeyes, poison nuts, OH. i owe anybody come on i owe. i was i was trying
1: (laughs) you're trying the hard part is the i like i mean i'm I'm
0: looking for some bonus points brownie points from my friends at ohio state i'm trying i am trying really really hard here um kate is not with us today so we will we'll we'll have the same shenanigans without her but we appreciate i know she's off doing wonderful things today amanda thank you so much for being with us today and bringing some sort of respectability to this podcast.
1: (laughs) And she's she's speechless. I love it. I love it.
2: Well, I want to thank you guys for, for having us on. I always look forward to ways to um, engage with ag teachers and talk about research.
0: Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today.
2: Perfect. Uh, Well, like you said, I am with The Ohio State University. I'm an assistant professor there. Um, I got my PhD from the University of Missouri. um, And before I entered my doctoral work, I was an ag teacher for six years in the state of Missouri. Um, And as far as what we'll be talking about today, um, we're talking about a study that um, investigated kind of the process that ag teachers use in school-based ag programs to support student motivation. And within this study, I specifically wanted to look at how intrinsic motivation or that uh, internalized motivation, why students engage and you know, how are they interested, what do they enjoy, what do they think is fun and why are they engaging through ag programs and how teachers support that intrinsic motivation. And when we think about student motivation, it's this good idea. So I wanted to shrink it down so I could have a better lens to look at motivation and a better way to think about motivation. So I looked at how teachers were supporting three psychological needs, and those are confidence, or what we think of as confidence, relatedness, or developing a sense of belonging or relationships and autonomy, or having a sense of directing one's actions, or think about it being, do you feel like you're in the driver's seat? And if we can support those needs, we can support intrinsic motivation.
1: So it's interesting, you know, I think um, sitting in the the teacher's chair, you know, what this always thinks of is you know, do kids want to be in my ag class? Do they want to be engaged? I want lots of kids to come to meetings and I want all the kids. I want all the things. I want everyone to sell fruit and I want everyone involved. But you know, it is always interesting because you get out in the school and you're like, today is enrollment day. And you know, it's always figuring out how do you get kids to want to be in that program? So man, this is like definitely, if you're a teacher out there, I've struggled with this all the time. I was in a really large school that wasn't used to ag. So it was always a challenge trying to, you know, manage, not dragging kids, but opening the door and them flooding in.
2: Well, and I think that gets to the why of this study and where I think this this research really has some teeth on the ground level with ag teachers. Uh, Because if we think about motivation, if we think about developing that enjoyment or that interest in wanting kids to want to be in the program and wanting them to um, be there in every form of our programs in all three circles, uh, this has really big implications. If they can develop intrinsic motivation in an ag program, they can potentially develop sustained motivation. So that's meaning if we can get them in as freshmen and get them developing some interest, we can sustain their motivation for all four years and beyond. We can sustain their participation in those four years. So we could look at potentially influencing program retention. We could uh, influence, see uh, those students that have developed the interest. Are they talking to their peers and bringing more in to recruit and so I think this has um, some really ground level interest for ag teachers.
0: Well, well, that's great stuff, I mean, and this is really, I mean, I'm motivated to learn more. Does that work? See, I use the word in the, do I get extra bonus points? I've used the word in the sentence to properly today. Um, so what, what are some of the big takeaways? What, what can ag teachers be doing to tap into these ideas of confident relatedness autonomy for our students?
2: What really has has come from the study and what we saw was that the one item that really kind of began the entire motivation process, getting students motivated, was what teachers believed about motivation. But the issue is, is teachers are very divided on what they believe about motivation. Um, Some of the teachers we talked to, they talked about um, that they have to motivate every single student every single day, Mm -hmm. but they didn't know how to do that without essentially just throwing the entire kitchen sink at them. And thinking back to my days in the classroom, that seems exhausting. And, And so it's, can we think about a process to motivate students that don't have to throw the kitchen sink at everybody every single day? The other interesting piece about the motivational beliefs is that teachers believed in the classroom that they had to maintain control at all times because they were the experts. They're up here. The -hmm. students are down here. So at all times, they believed that they had to deliver down to the novice. And that's contradictory to what we want in motivation. We want that student autonomy. We want them to be in the driver's seat. But in the classroom, that wasn't happening. But in the FFA and the SAE side, it was. Mm. Students were directing what was going on. Students were leading and developing the program um, for the leadership side of the FA. They were integral in the fundraising and the events and what and why was being studied in those. Um, So it really created this contradictory shift on what was going on and what that caused was a contradiction in student outcomes. In the classroom, there wasn't as much intrinsic motivation occurring, but in the FFA and the SAE, there was. Mm-hmm. So kind of a, a takeaway from that idea is teachers need to really kind of think through their beliefs. And if they believe autonomy and self-direction and it is important in the FFA and SAE, why is it not important in the classroom. And kind of bridging that and really thinking about how you can create that in a total uh, program. So I'd say that's one of the big takeaways is, is having teachers really think about their beliefs about motivation and what they do in the different program pieces.
1: It's interesting because what I hear from you is, <clears throat> you know, if you're an ag teacher and you haven't heard, well, if you're a human, <laughs> so like if you check your pulse and you're like, oh, yep, it's there then you should be. Um, you should at least listen to the YouTube video about why, you know, about asking the question why. And, you know, they talk about the reason Apple computers are so great is because they don't worry about the what. They don't worry about we have a computer that will do this and it will do that and it will be this size. What they focus on is the why. If you want to be an innovative person that's on the cutting edge and if you want to do all these things, then – you'll have one of our, our products, which is an iPhone or whatever. And I think what you're saying sounds a lot like an ag, you know, as an ag teacher, I don't know if I ever maybe fully grasped the idea of I play a vital role in filling the pipeline of agriculturists. Like, I don't know if I ever fully connected that I was preparing, I was helping feed the world and build vibrant communities and families Mm. By preparing people to serve the most important profession in the world, I think i i mean like anybody would, I think in the moment on the ground, my why was helping students succeed and grow and be awesome, which is a huge why, but I think sometimes I forgot the why of if we don 't have people engaging in ag i mean it 's going to be a problem in a hundred years. Mm -hmm. I think that's a such a cool I think if I could go back to the classroom which you know we all do I think at some point um, I think I'd focus on that more so you know it's almost about teachers have to be motivated to be motivating
0: you know and how how do you Mm -hmm. do that and 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 not have that drain you so much and one of the interesting things I I saw from your piece you talked about relationships and and that's a word that we we deal a lot with all that we do but in this particular context, what are you suggesting relationships be or how, how does a teacher manage those? Or how, how, does, how does a teacher leverage relationships and what they're trying to, in trying to do here in motivation?
2: Yeah, for sure. And it, it was fascinating when I sat down with, with several teachers and several students and talked to them about motivation and what they were feeling and, and um, kind of why they felt motivated in their particular program and every single individual talked about relationships and the importance of building relationships. Uh, and really what we saw is that teachers were using some of the specific strategies to build relationships um, and the, the um, environment of being an ag teacher, kind of the roles and responsibilities we fulfill as, Not only are we classroom teachers and laboratory instructors and kind of that more traditional educator sense, but we're doing a lot outside of the classroom. And most individuals talked about that extra time outside of the classroom was key to developing relationships. Um, You know, it was spending time at the student's home or spending time talking with students about their SAE and about how just that time talking about their beef cattle or talking about their vegetable garden or talking about their uh, working as a cashier how you get to know the student more and more and it's the extra time before and after FFA activities or during career development event practices where you're still learning and you're still engaging in leadership activities but you're also just getting to know one another so it's that time outside of the classroom um, that is kind of unique to our experiences uh, as agriculture educators um, that really lends to those relationships. Um, but then there's some specific strategies that came up time and time again um, using humor and sarcasm. Ag teachers are never, ever, ever sarcastic, but we saw that <laughs> every <laughs> every context that we were seeing these teachers work with students they were using humor they were using sarcasm it's um spending time outside of the classroom but then outside of the ag program itself too going and watching a basketball game watching football games um going to the math competitions the quiz bowls all of those pieces where you can get to know the students and really show that you not only care about them as members of your program, but you care about them as individuals. Um, It is being that support person that the student may not have elsewhere. Um, But then in the classroom, it's allowing more of those peer-to-peer interactions and um, also using a lot of peer-based learning strategies that those students maybe don't get in their other classes that not only builds relationships with the teacher and student, but then also builds student-to-student relationships, which then increases the network. Um, So I think think it's it's, it's building those that can really help you uh, help you as a teacher engage with the student outside of that teacher-student relationship in a classroom whether it's the advisor to student relationship whether it's um you know meeting their parents going and visiting their SAEs we we know those are important but i don't know that we really focus on how important they are in developing relationships But the question I then pose is how do we develop relationships with the students that are just in the classroom, who are not engaging in the FFA and not engaging in an SAE, how do we engage with those students? So I think that question is still important. With those students, the more we can maybe start to get them in the other facets of the program.
0: Yeah. And and that was the question I was going to ask. I mean, it talks about the importance of building relationships outside. And again, I think when I was in the classroom, those students I knew the best were the ones that were active in the FFA, that had essays that I was doing, and the ones that I probably had the least relationship with were those that were just in the ag class because they had to be somewhere fourth period, and it was either my my ag class or chemistry seven, which was, you know, so that's where, you know, those kinds of students, and we still have to build that connection with them. And so I think, to me, a take home is as an ag teacher, not to ignore those relationships I've built through the FFA and the SAE, but I'm going to have to be more intentional about connecting with those students that I have in my classes during the class day, where that's the only time I see them, or being more intentional to connect with them when I see them in the hallway passing from class to class, or when I see them at the basketball game, or at the quiz bowl, or those kind of things you're talking about, to making sure that we're still able to be there. So whether it does or not, it doesn't come perceived as being favorites that, okay, man, if you want to be one of Myers's favorites, you got to be an FFA, or if you ever want to pass ag class, you got to do this, you're still investing in those students. And so I, I think that's a, that's a big take home takeaway for me is to be more intentional for those students that I might not naturally have those relationships being built with. So you talk a little bit here about um, competence, Talk to me a little bit more about what what do we mean as the ag teacher? What can I do to build my competence in here? Because at first I heard confidence, but I, I look back at the notes and it says competence, right?
2: Yes. So when you um, work in the uh, the theory that I use within this paper is called self determination theory, um, and they for one of the needs do you use the word competence, um, but I want the ag teachers to think of that as confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, Confidence is not skill development. It's not skill attainment, but it's the confidence I have in my ability to learn. It's my confidence I have in in my ability to apply my skills. So it's not really skill attainment. That's that's something else. This is really more of the confidence our students have Um, in the... Confidence or confidence was really high in the students that I talked to and observed. Um, And one way teachers were were able to develop that was by being very intentional about having an intercurricular program. Mm. And so confidence was built with the students by starting an idea and learning something in the classroom. But then being able to take that piece from the classroom and moving it over into the FFA and applying it there. And then also being able to apply it in their SAC. And, and And that wasn't the only sequence that happened. Sometimes students engaged with an idea um, in, their, uh, in an FFA activity, and then were able to apply it in the other classes. Um, but what I really think about confidence building Is when I look at our three circle model, that area in the middle, I've had one ag teacher call it the sweet spot. And I was like, that's a really good way to think about it. But the sweet spot in the middle of our three circle model, where all three of those overlap, that's where confidence is built. It's where students can take an idea learned in one component and transfer it and further apply In other ways, whether that's learning it in the classroom and then applying it in a career development event, or whether that's um, engaging with uh, an idea they learned through their SAE and then it's reiterated in the classroom, or they're able to go to a Food for America activity with the FFA and talk about learn through the SAE. We can intentionally bring them and have multiple learning and application points. That's where students are building confidence.
1: Cool. You know, if I'm, if I'm a teacher, and I'm reading through this, what are your top three tips? These are the three things I would do if I were an ag teacher, to increase students' just desire to be engaged in the right things in my program. What three things would I do?
2: No, oh, that's a great question. Um, and I would, um, A lot of it's going to be the items we've already talked about, but I would also um, kind of put the caveat on them that I would do these in a specific order also. Um, First and foremost, I would think about how I'm building relationships with students. And I would focus on that um, because the teachers I talked to, they said, if my students don't trust me and I don't trust them, I can't give them that autonomy. I can't put them in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the first thing is, is our teachers have to build relationships and you have to be intentional with every single student. So we're not just building relationships that are the ones riding in the car with us at the activities all the time. Being intentional with all students you see every day. Um, so I think that's the the first big takeaway build those relationships. Um, The second is I would be very intentional about what you do in the classroom to support student autonomy, thinking about those student-centered activities, um, thinking about ways that you can integrate inquiry, ways that you can integrate more of those student-centered strategies that give students direction, that give students ways that they can be the driver of their learning and that will help to develop autonomy. Because we see that happening all the time in the FFA and with the SAE, but we don't in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So if you develop that relationship and that trust first, then you can trust those strategies to help students engage in autonomy in the classroom. And then the last piece, kind of that last takeaway, is to be very intentional at having a total intercurricular program where students are engaging with concepts from the classroom, from the FFA, from the SAE, but then they're applying it in various ways. And that having those intentional experiences not only help with student learning. They help with transfer, they help with problem solving, they help with metacognition, but they help with motivation. Because you're building confidence in all of those areas. The more they learn, the more comfortable, the more confident they are, the more autonomy they can have everywhere. right? And the more motivation they will
0: experience. Yep. Well, this is fantastic stuff, Amanda. You know, one of the words you use a lot here was intentional. You know, and that's probably a buzzword we use on more podcasts than anything else about the need that, as I teach us, we have to be intentional with what we're doing, building those relationships, being intentional and guiding us as we build those relationships. And one of the things that I'm sure everybody on this podcast, you know, the three of us are going to have to work on is this humor and sarcasm thing. I don't think we know that one (laughs) very well yet. Uh, so we'll, 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 practice our, our, well, we may not have the humor thing down very well, but we got the sarcasm thing down pretty, pretty, pretty well. We think we're hilarious. That may be about it. Um, but uh, Amanda Bowling, the Ohio state university. We appreciate you spending time with us here today on our pellets. Well,
2: again, thank you guys for, for having me on. I appreciate the time.
0: Well, it's great stuff, and one of the things that ag teachers do, we motivate folks, and we're one of the – when we do it right, we're one of the best in education about motivating students. So uh, get out there and do these great things. Hopefully you can put these tips into practice. Share the successes you've had on our social media so other ag teachers can see it as well. And so um, for Amanda Bowling from, from Ohio State University, Marshall Baker, the absent Kate Shoulders, this is Brian Myers saying thank you. We're here by the Alpelet. pellet and keep doing the great things that you guys do every day in the agri-science classroom take care i hope you've enjoyed this episode of owl pellets please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests be sure to follow owl pellets on facebook twitter and instagram it'd also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode also we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate and Marshall, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thanks and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellet's Tips for Ag Teachers.